Hey, what's up? It's your girl Tamara, aka Girl from Harlem. And this is Ray Daniels, aka the Culture Referee. Ooh, oh wait, and this is the guy show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right. So today we actually gonna do something a little bit different. We this is like a show dedicated to our fans. Um, we know you guys have been following with us and rocking with us since day one. So we actually wanted to look at some of the comments you guys have been leaving for us online, on Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff, and, re um, and respond to some of them. So make sure you guys are interacting with us because we definitely, definitely look at all the comments. Okay, you ready, I, I think only thing I'd say is I wouldn't say fans. What do you... Because some of the comments I? are negative. Oh. Uh, a community of people who care, whether you agree or you don't agree. We fuck with you. I don't a even community. care if you're watching it just to say I'm full of shit. Challenge me. I welcome anybody to come on and give me some smoke and challenge me. I love arguing. I was really arguing good at in it. the comments today. <laughs> I'm really good at it, by the way. I'm like, I don't think people understand that I'm really good at arguing. Like, trust me. Do you like argue back with the people in the comments? Like, I see you. I see you responding. Well, to well, for me, well, for me, I, I'll say this. My only time I really respond to the comments is when they do name calling. Like, mm. if they just be like, he's full of shit, I don't mind that. Say I'm full of shit, that's cool. That's your opinion. You gotta, I think there's a lot of people out here full of shit. But when they be like, this clown is full of shit, oh, now I gotta remind you. See, I know you ain't in the music business. Because one of the laws of power is never to offend the wrong person. Mm. I'm gonna remember that shit. Now I'm, I'm never gonna fuck with you again. And if, if you're not even willing to think about what you're saying, then you're a dumbass anyway. You better think about anybody you're addressing. You never know who someone is. I gotta delete my Twitter. <laughs> no, no, but I, th I think you, I, I, I think you should argue. I don't mind arguing. Arguing is fun to me, by the way. I love arguing. So anybody want to come argue with me? Let's get it. I love an opposite point of view. Makes you kind of open your brain a little bit more. But okay, so T. Berry Berry said three years maximum to claim these retroactive royalties. So you said I, what? Give me, takes, give me more. I need more context. So this to that. is when we were talking about the um, the Ether record and. Um, Collecting royalties, pretty much. So he said, I Googled it because I wasn't sure if this is true. He said there's a three-year maximum to claim these retroactive royalties. I thought it was seven years. So the first thing I did was Google what are retroactive royalties. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was seven years, though. I didn't get a, a complete answer. I, I don't think it's three years. I think it's seven. So that was the question. So is there a maximum? So it is. The answer is yes. I think there, I think there is a maximum, but I think that it's seven years. I'm, I might be wrong, but I don't think it's three years. Because you got some people out there that are in publishing deals that got records that came out and wait four or five years before they sign when they collect the money. So I don't think it's three oh. years. Nah, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't, but I'm, I'll find but out. there is a time limit. So that is It is important. a time limit. That's, yeah, of course that. it is. I mean, I hope you ain't planning on picking on the royalties from 1975. <laughs> I just thought. I'm just saying, like, it's, there's a time limit on anything. There's a, I, there's a, uh, a what's, what's not, what's the, what's the word? Statue of limitation. St limitation on everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's good to know. So Except make for murder, sure, I don't think murder. No, murder doesn't have yeah. it. Make sure that um, you guys are registering your songs properly because that's what happens. That's how you get retroactive royalties when songs aren't registered properly. The second half of his comments said, No Vaseline is the number one diss song of all time. What is No Vaseline? Never heard of it. I don't, why? You looking at me like that? I asked JR too. He didn't know either, so I have back. Ice here. Cube. Ice Cube. He, when, he left, when he JR left NWA. Even if you don't, even if you don't know the record, you still have seen straight out of Compton. That's the record that he dropped where they was all in the living room listening, oh. and they was like how he was dissing everybody. No Vaseline. Um, I want to say I, I, people. A lot of people say no Vaseline, but nah, not to me. I think it's. I mean, it, it could be top five, but it could get a little mention. It's not. It's just. I don't know. Well, the people I saw it a few times, so I did want to bring that up. We go on to the next one. So this came from the Ron Browse interview. 
They said pop champagne and Arab money brought the Indian culture to hip hop. This is the reason why that song flourished. I disagree. The first song I could think about that bought Arab. First of all, is that even properly to say? Am I saying it wrong? I, I, okay, let's say Arabian culture. I don't want to okay. disrespect no culture. Like um, is uh, uh, Truth Hurts that DJ Quick produced? He gives me anxious. Uh, Oh, I know what's going on. What I'm waiting for. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like yeah. Belly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, oh, I, to me, when I think about it, and that came out in like 19, that, no, that came out in 2000, like two, three, like it was, yeah, I would say that. A-Rap money, all that shit came out in 2010s, right? Yeah. Yeah, nah. What I would is, say that. What are some other outside cultures that you think had an influence on hip hop over the course of time? Uh, Outside culture that had an influence on hip hop. So I don't know. I think about Future and the Flute. Like, remember when Maskell? What, what culture owns flutes? I don't know, but I think to me it's more connected to like the belly dancing and the snake charming and stuff like that. So that's what I associate. You know, what's so crazy. I, I don't even pay attention to what other cultures hip hop brings. I pay attention to hip hop culture. I don't really care what we do because they don't want us anyway. They sure don't. Shit, they go. I don't want you sampling my shit. I, I don't even. Let me get caught up in that part because you never they don't want us anyway so it's like why do i okay if you bought the korean culture you think korean people are sitting around saying a hip-hop artist fuck with me they don't care they, they truly so don't. They, they don't really care like, so my thing is that i don't pay attention to people that don't pay attention to me that's a rule i live by you're not worried about me i'm not worried about you okay this one is about um songwriters and artists okay so there's a Ken- lot that part that that show did a lot of damage a lot of people were angry about the songwriter show go ahead because of the top songwriters you picked, yeah. or oh wow, it, it it's they gotta understand how hard it is to sit here and try to think of, and then you got. But here's the thing, though, it could change at any given moment. Mm-hmm. You could drop a song. That's the thing about music. Music could take you places. You could drop a song that made me say, "Ooh, he's number one now." I agree. That's just well, I'm not gonna get into that. But yes, um, can an artist truly appreciate their song more than a songwriter? As a songwriter, I often think that one day artists will go extinct and songwriters will remain supreme. An artist is essential for branding, which ultimately breathes breath into the lyrics, but I foresee that getting shifted. Do you agree with that statement? Say again. Okay, I want you okay, to read so it there's a few. There's a few things you could break down. So let's do the first part. So can an artist truly appreciate their song more than a songwriter? Yeah. It's their baby, it's their baby now. The artist is the, the songwriter is the natural birth. The artist is the, the adoptive parent. They raise the baby. It's their baby forever. That's a good way to... Yeah, of course they can. I would hope they can. He said, I often think that one day artists will go extinct and songwriters will remain supreme. Who the hell going to sing the songs then? <laughs> That's a good question. Bro, we got to stop. Artists are needed, bro. He said they're essential for branding. So he pretty much feels like all artists do a brand of songs while the songwriters are the true people. He don't, he don't know what he's talking about. But you could connect to a song even though you didn't write it. Like, I feel like... Dog, so here's a, here's a thing I want to say about people in the... Your level of response lets me know how much you've experienced, truly. Like, come on, man. Like, you, you mean to tell me you, Whitney Houston doesn't have a connection to I, was always, I Will Always Love You because Dolly Parton sung it first? <laughs> no, she does. It's her, it was her song. And it's I her baby. And songs that you do connect to as an artist. Artists are not going to sing songs they don't connect to anyway. Period. Yeah, you're going to look phony if you're on stage. Yeah, trying come to on, man. And you're not really, like, into it. All right, so this was about, I think this goes into the R&B is dead conversation. Ooh. I think it came from this um, reel. So when I look at credits on an R&B song, I normally see three producers, 
some tracks have orchestra members, and they also have three to four mixing engineers. I know that requires a bigger budget. Who said that? This That's a lot. We we shouldn't. We th- this show is gonna be. It says uh, whack one hundred. No, no, it's not three or four mixes on a song. So how does that? What? How does a song get mixed? What does that look like? What does that process look like? You make a song. You decide it's the song, and then you send it to someone to get mixed, or the producer can mix it, or the engineer that recorded the song can mix it. That's what I'm going to ask. So I thought engineers do do the mixing. There are mixed in engineers in the world, and those guys make the big money. If you want to be the richest engineers are the mixing engineers. They charge per song to mix, and the big ones get royalties on the songs that they mix. So when people start talking about three or four mixes, nah, man. So if I'm an engineer and I don't mix, what do I do? You can be a recording engineer. And you get paid $50 an hour, $100 an hour, $25 an hour to to record the song. So you know how when they be doing the layering and stuff like that? Who does that? What do you you mean the layering? Like when they stop going and you be recording and then they go back? The producer or whoever's running the room at that day. This is weird asking these questions because it's like it's like oh. me asking you about your hair. It's like it's like so obvious to you, but to me it's like well, to me who literally that's why you can't no pay idea. attention to the bro. If you listen, do not pay attention to comments, man. But now I'm really confused. Oh, you have there are levels to engineering. You have mixing engineers. You have recording engineers. You have personal engineers like artists like Future, artists like Uzi. They all record with the same person. Then you have mixing guys. Or then you have guys that are just hired help. So if I want to record the studio, bring an engineer. Oh, it's so many levels to it. But mixing engineers, they make the most money. This is why I stay Cause out. Because they, 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 could, they, could, they could charge anywhere from five to 10000 plus a point to mix your song. Well, what he and they mix in a song every day. His point is that R&B is too expensive to make. That's why. Nah, no. R&B, R&B, R&B became expensive because, because it's, it's an expensive genre, period. But it has nothing to do with the mixing engineer. It has everything to do with the, like, when I, like Usher goes on tour, he has to have dancers. He has to have a band. He's Usher, right? So, you know, rap, on the other hand, you can go out there with just a microphone and a hype man and a DJ, and you can get on there. Who show you think costs more to, to make? Right. It's not like the fans are paying more for Usher than they are 50 Cent because Usher has more that comes with him. It don't right. work like that. They paying, they, I don't care who has the, I'm paying for whoever artist I think is going to have the biggest and best songs. So they don't care about production. R&B is expensive to make, but it's expensive to make because most R&B singers don't write and don't produce. Mm, so you got to use outside. So you got to use outside. Rap, on the other hand, I could just give you a beat, you write a song, you record it with your engineer, put it out, and it's done. R&B, you know, you got to be vocal produced properly. It's a whole lot of things that come to R&B, come with R&B, and depending on the kind of R&B artist you are. I agree. So... This one was about when we talked about like art and hip hop putting out negative, not negative, but like drill music and songs that kind of have negative undertones. And um, somebody commented and said, these murders don't happen to black female rappers. These murders don't happen to white male rappers. These murders don't happen to any other rappers other than black male rappers. Why? I think hip hop has to has a lot of responsibility that it needs to take ownership of. Uh, you remember back in the day, you would like rappers were rapping about being positive, like self destruction. You headed for like rappers would like making songs like about 
like doing positive shit. And then somewhere along the way, we lost our way. And now it's getting worse and worse and worse. And now we're like literally making songs about killing each other and then praying, then saying we need to pray after somebody get killed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I'm confused. I, and I'm, I'm, and I'm a, I'm a gen, I genuinely care, but sometimes you got to take responsibility for what comes out your mouth. So if people call me a dumbass in the comment section, that doesn't bother me. I'm speaking. I got, that comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. I don't mind if you call me like, oh, he's not smart. It's when you say clown. It's when you try to defame who I am as a man. That's when I got to stand up and say something. But, yeah, I mean, hip-hop owes hip-hop. Put it like this. You, this is the problem. You can't even say it, but you know. You know. If somebody, a pop artist got killed right now, it would be breaking fucking news, right? A rapper gets killed is just another one. Mm-hmm. And right. it was staying in the media for way longer. Bruh, bruh, come on, man. So, yeah, I would say that. But that's because black men need to ha- learn how to express themselves. We have to. Somebody said a legit union should be heavily pushed to artists, especially the new and young artists. Do you think an artist union would actually be possible? And yeah, what would that look I think like? it should be. I think it should be. I mean, I don't know. But I think people don't realize when they start for a union that you got to pay fees. To keep it going, I think that's when you're gonna get some pushback. When you gotta tell rappers, you ain't signed no more, but if you get dropped, you need to contribute X amount of dollars to your to this fund because nah, it's so yeah, I don't know. But I do think a union is necessary. I think that we gotta have somebody be responsible for what's happening right now. Shit is fucked up, man. It's really fucked up. And y'all all all know it. Who's gonna fix it? I don't know. I think the next generation is gonna be a lot more conscious and like I know we complain about people being overly sensitive, but I think like hopefully the next generation is more conscious about what they put out. Even though they're the ones making all the drill music right now, but we just hopefully. gotta be we just gotta be conscious of what we send out to the world and be prepared if it comes back to us. That's all I would say. The prepared when it comes back is a big thing. Yeah, I like, think- it's like me. I, I expect people to talk shit about us. We're on a podcast platform mm-hmm. talking shit. I you cannot think you're gonna get on a microphone and say something and someone have not, not nothing to say back. You can't expect that. That's a part of the process. Now, imagine if I wanted to kill everybody that responded. Now, somebody would be like, Ray, you fucking tripping. <laughs> you can't kill everybody that responded. That's what rappers need to understand. You can't kill everybody that makes you mad. You can't kill everybody. You can't kill everybody every time something goes wrong in your head. You can't decide to kill someone. Death is permanent. The way you feel is temporary. If you have a temporary feeling and you do something that's permanent, you're going to have to pay consequences for a long time for it. Simple as that. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got is like, emotions are temporary, you'll get over it. So yeah. at, at some point you could be mad as hell today, but maybe a week from now it won't bother you. So that's a temporary feeling. So you got to know how to not let and temporary affect you long term. Um, how do you think blockchains, specifically NFTs, will influence music going forward? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, think, wanna- I think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even, I hate talking about stuff that I don't know. I will say that I understand the blockchain, I understand Web3, but I don't, I don't think people care. I don't think people are worried about that right now. I think that two years ago, everybody was worried about it because it was a lot of money flowing and everybody had paper from PPP loans and unemployment. But I think now shit's fucked up. Money's low and nobody's worrying about blockchain and what kind of technology is going to bring the change. Everybody's trying to figure out how to survive right now. So I think blockchain is going to have to take a backseat for the next two or three years. Then we can f- see how it, how it comes better i think that it was kind of like a a wave like people thought it was no no i mean I, I i think it is something i mean it's it's web one i guess is dial up 
And Web 2 is Wi-Fi? I have no idea. And then Web 3 is the blockchain? I thought it was the black internet, the black market or something. Blockchain. It was no. So I don't know. I have no clue what it is. Hell no. So, but I know Tory Lanez did really good with it. Um, He released his album exclusively on it and made like a million in a really short period of time. So, worked for him. Um, I have no clue. I thought maybe you could help me, but we're going to have to do something. I mean, it's there, but it's just, bruh. So, music right now is going to stay like... Oh, matter of fact, you know what that makes me think of? Meek Mill says that he doesn't want to release his music out on major platforms anymore. He wants to cash app. He wants people to cash app him directly and send them the music. I actually think it's brilliant. I just don't know if cash app is... The most suffice way. No, it's not even that. It's just cash app. It just feels like cheap. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think a direct relationship. I think if he would have said, you know, just... Tra- instant transactions like Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, you know, Zelle, etc. Right. I think, but just when I hear like, I'm gonna send my, I'm on Cash App, it's like, <laughs> find a little bit what? better. Yeah. Wait, but I think that it was smart. Like he said, stop giving us plaques, telling us how many records we sold, oh, show me that. how much money I actually made off of my song. So I think that I think the future of music. I think if that, more artists knew how much their music made, they would be very hesitant to sign deals. I think artists don't realize how much money their music makes, especially, and here's the thing, especially over a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you think about it, if somebody give you a check for $2 million right now, that feels like a lot of money. But what if you're going to make $10 million over the next 10 years? Yeah. That's when it becomes like, That's damn. That's why I don't like people selling their catalog. Like, I'm not mad at the catalog sales. But you, you, you. But like you said, over a long time, like why would you give that up? Like because you can have the money up. now. Nah, that money comes in slow. If I would you rather have twenty million today? I'm taking my today. Or twenty five million over a thirty year period. If I was guaranteed, I would no, live thirty I, years. See what maybe, I'm trying to say? No, twenty five million now. today. Twenty million today, or twenty five million over a thirty year period. Which one? I'm taking my money today. That's all they do when they sell a catalog. I, I want my money now. Well, it's, it's not like the people selling like, catalogs making crazy money unless they find a way to maximize the opportunity with the catalog. So, like, for example, Disney or Hollywood Records, one of them bought the catalog to Queen mm-hmm. for, like, $18 million, like, 15, 20 years ago. That movie they just made, that catalog is probably worth four, $500 million right now. But the movie had to be made. There was a whole bunch of other things that had to be made for it to be worth something. So that's why I'm like, it just depends. We got to start giving people that can make your cattle hack. That's like you saying, this shirt right now, send me your shirt. How much you sell it to me for? Um, How much? Guess. Um, $40. Okay, you're, so you'll sell me that shirt for $40. I guess. But you'll probably feel different if you knew I could turn around and make 4000 from it. Yes. Exactly. That's why I don't understand why Yeezy's selling his stuff. So that's team. why I think, no, but that's why I think it's important that we come together. Because like, yo, Tamir, I know you want to sell it for 40 but, but let me show you how to make 4000 from mm, it. Should I be your partner on that? Mm. Should I? Yes. Okay, then that's all the, that's all the business is. But most people are not going to want to show me. They're going to want to buy it from me and go sell it by itself and pocket that, that change. I'm that's just saying, you can't. They, they might tell you if you, t- if you ask them. They might. They will. I, I think they will tell you if you ask them. Yo, how much you going to make from this if you sell it? They might say, don't worry about it. But if, they, if you ask them and be like, tell me, then it becomes different. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing I say is don't focus on the $40 unless that $40 is going to make you $4,000. Then go get it. Well, if the $40 is going to get burnt tomorrow, shit, sit on the shirt. It's the reason why somebody want to buy it. That's a good point. Um, what if a talented... Okay, so this goes to the Jay-Z, Ethan Oz 
situation, but it brought up something I didn't know. So the, the, the comment was, what if a talented A&R signed Jay-Z instead of turning him away? My, my, the only reason why I mention it is because I didn't know Kanye produced Takeover. Kanye produced H to the Izzo. I didn't know that he was like he 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 made the black he made the blueprint sound. That blue like I had to Google it today and I was just so impressed that Kanye. I thought I was gonna hit you with something you didn't. Nah, know. I don't Kanye, know why I thought you didn't. Nah, know Kanye this produced. Already. Kanye was the person that created the sound, the Rockefeller sound for the last. He for, should get way more like he did. I, I had no clue that He did. Kanye he was one of the biggest producers in the world. Then he became one of the biggest artists in the world. I feel like back then, the producers that really had everybody in a chokehold was like the Neptunes. Like, that's yeah. what I think of when I think of that. Uh, Kanye, Kanye created a whole sound. He was the... You but the only Kanye. difference is that he became a bigger artist, so we forgot about that. He took a chance. Do you think he took a chance switching lanes, going into B? How many producers... I think everybody in the world thought he took a chance and no one believed that it would work. How do you go from trying to be the number one producer in the world to trying to be an artist? Nigga, you tripping. You're making millions of dollars as a producer. Why would you do that? Well, because he's making hundreds of millions of dollars as an artist now. That's, That's why crazy. it works. So, speaking of... So, Jay-Z pretty much shopped around this thing, got turned down by a bunch of A&Rs. So, how should artists deal with consistent rejection? Is there such thing as a good time to give up? Nah, I think, I think, I think, this is what I would say to any artist listening. If you're getting rejected, ask why. Simple as that. You play a music with somebody and they say, I'm not interested. Don't take it personal. Ask them why. Because here's the thing. When I was coming up, I remember I was coming up with this artist. My first artist I had named was Noah. And I remember we was running around New York and I would play his music for everybody I could get to. And everybody would, and they would, and they would all say, I like Noah. I think the production can be better. Mm. Mind you, Noah was signed to a producer. This is actually why they fired me and kicked me off the team, by the way. Shout out to Bonja, who I love to death. But this is why they fired me. Because after like five or six people said the production can be better. You know, I was the guy that was in the car. Mind you, we in my car, squeezed in. I'm like, hey, everybody, what if they're right? And they was like, oh, you... You don't believe. You don't believe. I was like, nah, I believe. I'm, I'm here. We're in my car in New York struggling. I believe, but I'm just saying, if they're saying maybe the music could be better, then wouldn't a smart man listen? Nah, they're just saying it. Who cares why they're saying it? If one person said it, I care why. If seven people said it, I, wanna, I don't even care why they said it. I'm going to go relook at my shit. So my thing to any artist is that if you're getting rejected, ask why. I don't want to sign you. Why? Nobody has a problem telling you why, yo, I don't think your music is better. Yo, I don't think lyrically you're good. I think your music sounds dated. There could be a lot of, but those, those reasons give you uh, uh, breadcrumbs that lead you to success. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid of being rejected. Just ask why. Simple as that. Artists are just sensitive. Do you think that as a manager, your, your job is to kind of be the bad guy in some situations? Yeah, I think I hate being a manager. I'm dead serious. I hate being a manager. Why? Because you get blamed for everything. Mm. And you get, and, and, and because artists are the magical ones, they can do whatever they want and get away with it. What can't you get away with that an artist would get away with? Nothing. <laughs> like, I get an example. I was in a situation when we was in this deal trying to get out. We, we already, our time was up, but you know, we owed this company a couple more deliverables. It was like, it was like they made their money, we signed a new deal, but they were kind of like, yeah, we're going to hold on to y'all. That's, that's what they could do in the music business. Like, mm -hmm. we're going to hold on to y'all until y'all meet these requirements. And I remember calling people at the company, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, Ray, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm not gonna, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. 
And then one of the guys I managed, I said, you should call him. And he called him, and they did it right there on the spot. Why do you think they did it on the spot? I know why. I don't. They wanted their favor. They didn't want mine. I'll let you go because you asked me. But I'm not going to let you go because they asked me. Because if I let you go because they asked me, that means, if, that means I owe them. But if I let you go because you asked me, then that means you owe me. Mm. And people want our artists to be accountable to them. It's that simple. So for me, it's like I can walk in the room and say the same thing, and the artist can come right behind me and say the same thing, and people are going to just treat them differently. If I walked in the room and said, I manage Usher, and I walk in the room, I'm like, Usher needs red M&Ms. They're going to be looking at me like, calm the fuck down, Ray. Nah, he needs red M&Ms, you motherfuckers, da-da-da. Going crazy. But Usher walks in with a smile. How y'all doing? Where's my red M&Ms? Everybody's like, oh, shit, get him his red M&Ms. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like, it's no fun being a manager because you really, you really are not respected or appreciated by anybody except for the artists you work for. And thank God I work for some good guys, but if you was working for some bad guys, it'd be terrible. But how many of you guys are good? Yeah, that's like when you was telling us, like, I'd be yelling at these people for y'all and everybody looking at me like I'm but the But that's what that's what I'm saying. But imagine if my team let me yell and then got rid of me because I was yelling. Yeah. That's no, no, no. My team is like, yell. And if they say something to me, I'm going to tell them that you, I'm going to tell them so you can yell. I'm going to tell them you said something to me so Ray going to come yelling louder at you. But the whole time I'm yelling, I'm yelling on their behalf. Okay, so speaking of still, we on the Nas, the track stuff. So somebody said, so back-to-back ain't up there with Ether because back-to-back actually got played in clubs and it jammed. The other ones were just jabs. I don't know. It's a difference. Back-to-back was incredible. What is the biggest factor in creating a diss track? Does the world stop? Does Does the the world world stop? stop? And here's the thing. I don't think no one counts back-to-back. Here's why. Because... And it's just my theory. I might be wrong. But at no point in time was Drake ever, as was Meek Mill ever bigger than Drake. Mm-hmm. When you go to against Mike Tyson, you expect him to get knocked the fuck out. Right? So Drake beefing with Meek Mill, we expect Drake to win. Right? I had so much fun watching that. I'm just saying, we expected Drake. Yeah. He was the bigger artist, right? The reason why Ether counts was because Nas went against Hove, who was mm-hmm. bigger than him. And made everybody be like, yo, he kind of got you. And it was like, and then not only that, Jay had that super ugly response wasn't the best response. So it was like, throw him off his rocker. You know what I'm saying? But like, somebody said that Pusha T's this song was better than all of theirs. But it didn't hurt Drake. That's another thing. Did it? How much damage did the song do? Right. Did it make you act different? Did, did it, it make you switch nerve? up? Did it, did it make you switch up? Did it make you, did they say... 6ix9ine with the rainbow hair and then he changed his hair because everybody was saying it. Think about it. Like, how much did it do? That's how I look at this song. When Ice Cube did, no, when Tupac did hit him up, it made everybody look at Biggie and Tupac, I mean Biggie and Puff like. To this day, to this day, Biggie has been gone 25 years, y'all. Tupac has been gone 26 years. To this day, the world wants to know, did Pac really fuck at Hafe? We, we definitely still, still want to know, right or wrong? Definitely. That's my point. That's how big that song was. That's why I was so impactful. To this day, we like, nah, I don't know. This year, I need to ask her. We all side eye and faith now. That's what I'm saying. Like, come on, man. That's why I was number one. Okay, so the liaison asks, how does an inspiring A&R get into the business? How do the A&Rs get to an executive at a label to present their artists? I don't think I know any A&Rs that are truly, truly happy. Willie Joe seemed a little happy. No, no, no. Okay, let me say this. No, 
veteran experienced a and who are truly, truly happy. Willie Joe is new on the journey. When I first got my first a and job, I was happy as a motherfucker. And then you put up a win. Then you find, mind you, uh, shout out to Royce and Willie Joe. They didn't sign Jack Harlow. They didn't sign Uzi. They just on a team that signed them. They're happy with their jobs and their careers. They're working for a great team. Let Willie Joe have signed Uzi. And Uzi becomes Uzi. He's going to be different. Because what you start, what Ayanaz don't realize is, is that you're going to get a job, making pretty good money, make great money, and you're going to sign this kid, and he's going to wind up making 100 times what you make. And not only is he going to make 100 times what you make, his manager's going to make 20 times what you make. Everybody around them is going to get rich as fuck. And you just get a raise. A little entry level. A little raise. No, you get a raise. Okay, cool. Like, dog, you got to understand something. Every a that's a president right now, that's a EVP right now, that's anyone of power that has made company, these companies tens and tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. And they're probably making, you know, 800000 a year. When you, but when you, when you look at 800000 a year for a job, that's like, damn, that's doing great. Mm-hmm. But when you realize that, Right. I just made the company $45 million. Then it becomes like, well, damn. Right, you only getting a piece I of need pie. to figure out a way to, you know, get my own shit. So I always tell people, don't aspire to be an a It goes back to me and Blue's conversation. Every manager has a superpower. My superpower was that I was a music guy. Blue's superpower was he was a marketing guy. I just, I made good money being a music guy. He made great money being a marketing guy. Simple as that. But, I, if you were A&R, then be an A&R slash manager. Manage people be an A&R to them. Simple as that. How do the A&Rs get to the executives to present the artist? A&Rs are the executives you present the artist to. Oh, okay. So how do they... So I don't think... A&Rs That's what I said. Some of these questions are like... Okay. Well, I guess you he get was your, trying to say... How'd you how get you your get socks on label? when your shoes are on your feet? I guess he's trying to say... How well, do you get I put my labels? socks on first and then my shoes go on right afterwards. I don't understand the question. How do they get meetings with labels? I'm guessing is the question. Find an artist. JR. JR's a young... Executive in the room. All right, if I'm, I want to go to Sony no, right if, now. No, if you're JR. JR is 23, 24, however he is. He wants to be an A&R. He wants to get attention of artists, of an executive. Find an artist. Build them. Every architect is going to be found in this game. When you see success, you know how they said, like, like success has many fathers while failure is an orphan? Mm-hmm. When you see success, everyone's trying to figure out who really built it. Like, when a hit song comes out, people trying to find out who really wrote it. Who really wrote it? Like, you know, it's just a game. So, be a part of something successful, but be an intricate part of something successful and watch the world change. There are people right now, if Braxton went out right now and said, yeah, I I, I created the God Show. There are going to be people that are going to be like, you come over and create 20 things for me. How much is it going to take? It's the game. Was he the creator, though? You can get fooled into believing that. Was you the creator? Was I the creator? Think about it, right? That's the game. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers is trying to figure out who came up with the idea. Simple. Okay, so this person's kind of asking, asking about, so what do you do, what do you say to artists who have gained traction, but an A&R didn't pay them attention when they were less popular, but now that they're gaining traction, the A&R is willing to work with them, but they don't want to work with them anymore because their question is, why should I commit to you when you didn't believe in me? Should they double back? My... Answer to this, that question would be, if you wanted to be a successful, a, a successful artist, do you care when they see? Do you it's care when they see? see? Who cares? Dog, people always say to me, like, how do you, 
like I've been pretty done pretty well for myself. People would say to me, like, how do you deal with women liking you after knowing you got money compared to when you didn't have money? And I'm like, I didn't even like me when I didn't have money. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be mad at them. I had to get my. I had to get my shit. To, I had to get me to a place that I like me for me to be successful. And then maybe did the money come? And then I changed. I don't think so. I think I changed, and then the money stopped following me, and then everything else fell. Life is about attraction. If motherfuckers like you, they're gonna like you. Period. I remember. I tell you a funny story. Tit, love Titty Boy. I remember Tit from College Park. He from my city. I've always been invest. I always felt invested in him. Like I don't. It was just I don't know. He's from my city. I remember it was a point in time where he was Titty Boy, and he was signed to DTP. And I remember we was at a party one night, and Titty Boy Tit used to have like a mean mug everywhere he went. I remember one time I went to go sit with Jeff. Two chains, two chains. I'm sorry, two chains. Two chains used to have a mean mug everywhere he went. It would be like, you could, and you, he probably would even say it because he was mad because niggas wasn't noticing him. Niggas didn't start noticing him because he got mad, madder. Niggas started noticing him because he, be, he started smiling more. He became more fun to be around. Then he went from titty boy to two chain. Then it was like, oh, I like this. And then the, he saw the wave change. And then he became, anytime you see titty boy now, he happy as a motherfucker, right? He had to become that. So I remember sitting there with Jeff, and I was like, yo, Jeff, man, you got to tell him to smile. And Jeff was like, I know, I know. And then he got new management, new team came in, and then he turned into a different person, and then life became different for him. I don't think he's mad at nobody that didn't fuck with Titty Boy. I think he probably understood why now because he won. That's why I don't care if my words offend people. I don't care if my words piss you off. You're not going to understand what life is until you go through some shit and get to the other side. Then you're going to realize, man, that shit. I'm glad that motherfucker told me that. I'm glad somebody told me I was ugly first. Tell me I'm ugly now. Don't, I'd rather you tell me I'm ugly than, than tell me I'm good. Then I walk out the room and you'd be like, ugly ass motherfucker. <laughs> nah, tell me I'm ugly to my face. I want to hear that so I can go fix what's wrong with me. I'm cool with that. I think you want to say something else. Okay. Um, is it the music or the work you put in? Because you can put the work in, but your music sucks ass. Then what? It's impossible to have both at the same time. Mm. If you put in the work, the music going to get better. So I'm trying to say is shit that people worry about. Like, if you're putting in work, if you're shooting in a gym, your shot will get better. If you're putting in work, your music will get better. I can't 100% agree with that. Okay. I don't think, if it's not in you sometimes, I don't think it's in you. Like, it's I, a lot of people who it ain't in that work. How many artists we like that didn't work? And then five years later, we was like, dude, can you believe we like that shit? Like the song? The artist. At one point in time, Cisco was bigger than Usher. I remember that. You remember that? I do. Oh, okay, Dawn that's what I'm saying. The, the that's my point. Why, 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 did, why did Usher pass him? The work. Time tells. Time tells who's the truth and who's not. That's why you can't get caught up in today. You might say, I suck. I suck today. If I keep working tomorrow, you can't say I suck because I became better tomorrow. So... I don't get caught up in what people are saying. Ask people why they're saying it. That's my only thing I say to anybody. You want to win, ask why. You like my song? No. Why? You like my song. What you like about it? Ask people. Yeah, I think you got to have more of an aggressive personality. Nah, it's not even aggressive. You could be, you could be nice and be like, why? No, because I'm just thinking about how I would apply that to my everyday life. So I remember when I used to go on job interviews, they would say, ask your interviewer, like, did I do good? Why I didn't get hired? If you do get rejected. And I'm like, I would never sit there and ask somebody, why didn't you hire me? Like, I would just take my own and keep going. No. You, 
don't ask why didn't you hire me. They might not feel comfortable having that um, that dialogue with you. But you can ask them in my next interview, what should I, what could I do better? That don't that doesn't come out as offensive. Hey, what could I have done better? They might say next time wear your hair like this. Just it's just life, man. People are not growing because people want people want to roll out of bed and people love them as they are, and that's un- that's unfortunately not how it goes. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Jay-Z, anybody who was great, Kobe, they all had to wake up and fucking work for it. That's what made them great. And the process of work is what gives you the appreciation for what you do. Amen. So if a song doesn't stream, even if it's on an album, the song is basically useless money-wise. That's a question. No. Because remember you said that you, you could make money off of a song that, because back in the day, if you had a song on an album... If a song, Chris Brown has a song blown up right now. That shit came out five, four or five years ago. It, it, did it, was it a bad song four years ago or did it just wait? Did it just mature into what it was supposed to be for people to like it? When that goes back my, to my, when but, but my, th- my thing is this is that I was really talking to people who celebrate wins. Like, oh yeah, I'm on this album. Okay, cool. That f- five years ago, that meant something different than it means now. Five years ago, you ate. I was with a lawyer. He said, uh, if, you went pl- if you was on a platinum album, you, from your mechanical royalties alone, you already made 200 and something thousand dollars from a platinum album off royalties alone. Like, you on Confessions, it sold X amount, no one knows your song, you've made a couple million dollars. Now, the way music is quantified, you can be on that same album, and now it can, five songs can go three billion streams each, and then your song did a hundred million or ten million, you're only getting paid for your song. Okay. Rather than getting paid, it's like it's like it's like buying the album. Like I had to buy one album. Now I can buy your I could just now only have to buy your song. I could just listen to your song. I get it. That so one of the one of the most debatable um conversations we've had or that caused the biggest uproar was our CEO conversation. So the biggest CEOs in hip-hop history. Um, in the comments, mostly people were mad about Russell Simmons, Dr. Dre, Puff, Little Wayne. Um, and you didn't mention any woman. Tell me what factors went into your, um, your picking of CEOs. So, like, defend your Okay, so first of all, when I was speaking about CEOs, I was speaking from a manager standpoint to an, someone I would want to sign my artist to. So that's what I was speaking about. So when people say Dre, I don't think people consider Dre a CEO as much as they consider Dre a producer. Mm-hmm. I don't think people consider Puff a music man as much as they consider Puff an entrepreneur, right or wrong, right? Okay. He is a music man at one point, but he, let's look at it from this standpoint. He, Puff has sold Ciroc way longer than he sold albums. I'm just being honest, right? So my thing is, is like, so my thing is like, when I looked at a CEO, I was looking at someone. Who, so that's why I said Baby. Baby and Slim are still in it 25 years later. Still at the top 25 years later. That's why they was at my list of, of that. Dame Dash got sent home. He didn't. He got something went wrong with him and his team. But Rock, Rock Nation, Rockefeller, that's still probably the number one army in the world of music. And he built it along with Jay-Z and Biggs. But I was just looking at, like, who do you want Who you want in the room fighting for you? That's what I was talking about when I said CEO. Russell was always peace peace and serenity and, you know, having a good time. And Russell was known for, like, having a good time. His, he was pushing his brother. 
But I'm talking about who's going to sit in the trenches with you and help you pop off. That's what I was looking for. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up a little soon. So um, this is about the Kyrie Irving situation at Amazon. So someone said, do we really want corporate retailers screening content before they sell it? Amazon is just a marketplace. They are not endorsing products. They are listing them. Minority creators would suffer the most if they started screening the content that they put out. My thing is this, if we're not going to get mad at no, we're not going to get mad at the conglomerate for taking it to the world, to marketplace, then we can't get, like, we can't get mad at the people that, like, where you get your groceries from? Whole Foods. Okay, cool. So if you buy some shit that's bad, you're going to be mad at the company that you bought it from, right? And Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool then. So, hey, guess what? Then Hold them people responsible. I got to hold, if I'm going to hold one person accountable, I need to hold, like, if you look at the George Floyd video, not to go down that route, but, like, Derek Chauvin was the one that had his foot on his neck and murdered him. The mm-hmm. other three police officers still had to do jail time because mm-hmm. they didn't do nothing. Was that fair? Or do you want me to really? No, I'm just saying, I'm just, no, I'm just saying, like, I, I see to me, that was fair. Like, you don't deserve as much as he get, mm-hmm. but, but you, allowed you, al- you allowed it to happen. You didn't stop him. You was more worried about standing with your army. You saw a man dying. You didn't stop him, so you got to pay a price for that. There's a price to every piece of, uh, there's a reaction to every action. Period. So Kyrie wouldn't have saw it if Amazon didn't post it. Right or wrong? Fact. Okay, cool. Um, I also blame the people that made a big deal out of it because now it's number nobody one. Nobody would have known, I promise you. No, now it's number one because y'all made such a big deal out of it. So everybody's to blame. I would love to see what Kyrie's, like, what Kyrie. Kyrie's um, numbers were that day. Like, how many views did the actual, the original if one they would have just let it fade away. To, exactly. Like, it would have went they away. The they the one. They, that's what I'm saying. Like, we all have to take ownership, bro. Take, everybody got to take ownership. We all fucked up. We fucked up. Well, you're a Twitter lover like me. We're both Twitter lovers. Yes. Do you think people are using freedom of speech as an excuse to spread hate speech? I, okay, so I will say this. I personally don't support hate speech, but I don't have a problem with it either. Okay. I'd rather know who you are. Mm. Like, why are we worried about scatter, the roaches scattering? Right. Nah, let the it. roaches in the room. <laughs> now we know what they are. No, I'm dead serious. For me, it's like... You know what I mean? People probably feel away. Like, think about, I'm going to give you an example. Remember that coach, uh, not the coach, the owner, Don Sterling. Donald mm-hmm. Sterling. That was going crazy. He, everybody, he was in every circle. If that girl didn't record what he was doing in the bedroom, there's no telling what would happen, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I just look at it like this. I want, let everybody say, say your hate speech. My only problem is that I would say to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any of those things is, is, you should not allow people to give you fake names and fake anything. If you want to, if you live in a middle America and you hate black people, you want to say nigga, 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 I'm cool with that, but put your face on it and stand on it and stand on it. So that way, when you ever run into a nigga, he know who you are. I rather that than you be the damn police chief. I'm for real. And I don't know who you are and I don't know who you are, how you feel. I would rather that. So I don't, I don't support hate speech, but I don't have a problem with it because I want to know where you stand. I agree. People always say, I always say this, man, like I rather the red state Republicans who make it known how they feel than these blue state Democrats that, that think because they standing with black people, they ain't got no racist mm-hmm. ways. Being puppets and stuff. No, no, not even being puppets. Like you think cause you post a black lives matters that you ain't racist. Like, nah, you might, you probably feel a way too. Like, 
You might say Black Lives Matter, but don't want your daughter dating a black man. Mm. See what I'm trying to say? So it's like, I'd rather have the people that's like, this is why I stand, this is how I stand, this is it. Cool, I'm cool with that. Then the people that's like, I stand with you, but not all the way. <laughs> not, not on huh. everything. Don't touch my daughter, bit. though. You got damn it. I mean, I don't mind other stuff, but don't touch my daughter. I don't want my son dating one of you. I, to me, it's like, it's the same shit. So for me, it's like, I don't mind it. Let it loose. Let it loose. I want to know where everybody stands. That makes it easy on me to know who to interact with. And I'm still not going to change who I am. Tell him. Okay, so I'm going to end with a Ray Daniels quote. I haven't done this in a while. Let's go. I was going through your comments, and I was arguing with people. So mm-hmm. you see me on there. No, go ahead. Ignore it. Um, so you said to one person, you said, I know a lot of people who made money, but the legends were built on the back of artists. Can you explain that a little bit more? Meaning, meaning... There were people who can make money from monetizing music, right? Mm-hmm. You've signed an artist, you monetize the artist, you monetize the music, you made millions of dollars. But Clyde Davis signed Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin. L.A. Reid signed Usher, Pink, TLC, Outkast. Like, those guys go down in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Iovine signed Dr. Dre, Tupac, but his big, the record that made them the money to carry them was uh, Rico Suave. We don't even know the guy to sing that record. Are they Rico Suave. Like, come on. Legends are built on the back of the artist that you signed. If you walk in the room and you say, man, you know that big record that's out right now? I made that song. Good for you. If you walk in the room and say, I signed Lizzo. Holy shit. Legends are built on the back of artists. Period. Period. Uncut. There's nothing even to discuss about it. You put it in perspective for me. Because at first I was like, what do you mean? But that the examples you just gave really. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is the executives made money in this business? If you come to Rome and say, I signed Tupac. You signed Tupac. Dog, Puff is still relevant. He has never signed anyone as big as Biggie. He's still relevant 25 years later after the man's death. That's so true. Because he signed Biggie. He signed one of them ones. That's crazy. He ain't big because he signed Biggie. That's why it's superstars. Superstars is what make us legends. But how is Puff still, to this day, continuing that legacy? Like you said, he hasn't signed the artist even, I don't think, half as big as Biggie or anywhere near that. No. Like, but he still has a really active record label, is still branding, still working in the industry. Like, how was he able to keep that longevity? Because he signed Biggie. <laughs> and he did, and he A&R'd Mary J. Blige and Jodeci. And we have never seen a Mary since Mary. We ain't seen a Biggie since Biggie, and we damn sure ain't seen a Jodeci since Jodeci. So once you got that stamp So once you it, got that stamp of approval, so everything that come after that is just your kids. Oh, man, he's trying to be Jodeci. Pretty Ricky was trying to be Jodeci. Mm. They ain't Jodeci, though. I love Pretty Ricky, but they, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you signed that. You won. And more importantly, you made the most money off of it. You better make the money. Money is the big factor here. Okay, guys, so make sure you guys are commenting on all our videos. We drop on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. Make sure you are subscribed. You're sharing. You're saving, downloading, streaming, all that good stuff. Let's get it. Nah, I got a whole lot to say, but we're going to say it. This was dedicated to this. I got a whole lot to say. We're going to do it next one. Okay, good. Yes, behavior. Let's get it. See y'all next week.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.